We've been uh, dealing with that matter over in uh, James, so go there again. We've done this, I don't know when I've ever done this many uh, services, uh, different services on one subject, but I believe it's been a blessing to me. Maybe it has been to some of you all. But uh, over to James chapter 4, and we're talking about that matter of what is your life? And we covered the matter that our life should be a life of love. Our life should be a life of singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Our life should be a life of prayer. We should be known for our prayerfulness. And then we covered again. I think we kind of went back to first base again this morning. And dealt with love again. I think we really had covered that to some degree before, but I just felt very impressed this morning to deal with it again. And uh, if the Lord deals with me about it for next week, I'll do it again. Amen. Just let the Lord, it's the Word of God. And by the way, the two testimonies, uh, we heard Brother Franklin's full testimony. It's on tape, by the way. If you were not here, you ought to get his testimony. It's a blessing, real blessing. We ought to send that to all our missionaries, uh, Brother uh, Franklin's testimony. Be an encouragement to them of how the Lord dealt with him. And uh, he was so involved with alcohol, but then he got involved with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus saves. <laughs> that's, a, that's something just to be saved and here you're working in a winery, a Jewish winery. Praise God. If, if God will save a sinner in the winery, praise God, he'll save him anywhere. Amen. Amen. And so just what a blessing the the goodness of God, to save to the uttermost all that come unto God by Him. And we have a holy Savior. And I want to speak tonight on the matter of what is your life? The Bible answers that. It is a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. But I want to ask you the question, what is your life? Is your life a life of holiness? Holiness. By the way, I've been trying to get a message together but haven't been impressed very much about that in regard to separation. But that goes right in line with holiness. Separation from sin, separation unto the Lord and to His service. I want you to be reminded of something else also. That everything about God is holy. The greatest attribute of God in the Revelation, we're going to be crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. We're not going to be saying, singing according to this, love, 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 and yet God is love. But by the way, the Bible says God is holy too. In fact, he goes further than that, and he says, He says, Be ye holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. And why in the world, I was thinking, why in the world should we be holy? Because the Holy Ghost lives within us the third person of the Trinity. And though Jesus is without fail, He is God and God the Father, and they are holy. Yet that third person of the Trinity, that abiding one that the Lord sent back to abide with us forever, He's called the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. And so for that reason alone, if the Holy God of Heaven lives within us, we ought to live a holy life. We ought to think holy thoughts. We ought to speak holy words. We ought to avoid foolish talking. Foolish thinking. You need to get rid of those computer games. And and get you a Bible. Start memorizing Scripture. That other's a big waste of time. And our Bible says we'll give account for every idle word. Surely we'll give account for every moment every that we live. And that account will be before the Holy God of Heaven. And so we ought to take heed to that. Let's read, uh, stand again with me, James 4, you found it. 13 to 17, we'll read this. Go to now ye that say today or tomorrow. We will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow... For what is your life? Then the answer comes. It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. 
for that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. What is your life? Is your life a life of holiness? Holiness. Can they say, He's a holy man of God. She's a holy woman of God. He is like the holy prophets. He is like the holy apostles. She is like the holy women of the Bible. Or will they say she is just giddy and silly and foolish? Or he acts like a comedian. I don't see any comedy in the Bible. It's just heaven or hell. And thank God it's heaven for me. Amen. He saved me. He saved me. He saved me. Praise His name. We're going to a holy heaven. Don't you think we ought to live a holy life? On our way, have some holy thoughts. Read the holy book. Have some holy prayers. May God help us. Lord bless, we pray. As we've already sensed thy spirit, as the two young men, dear Lord, gave the word. Young man, then Brother Franklin, dear God, thank you for saving these dear ones. Thank thee that they have a testimony. Thank thee for this young man who his father showed him how to be saved. Trained up in, in, the, in a Christian home. Thank you, Lord. Have your way, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I want to give you a number of things. I was looking in my Strong's Concordance. I don't always do this, but sometimes I feel led impressed to the Lord. And I said, I'm going to look up the word holy. And so on my way here, I had my daughter, Bethany, reading from the Strong's Concordance all these verses on holiness. Or the word holy. And she got, she didn't get but to Leviticus. And by the time she got through Exodus and Leviticus, it was the holy what? The holy altar. Holy altar. It was the holy incense. It was the holy garments of the priests. It was the holy mitre on their head. It was the holy anointing oil in the tabernacle. It was in the holy place. And then it was into the holy of holies. The holiest of all. Even they talk about not only their garments, but their holy, the meat was made holy. You see. And so just holiness. Is your life a holy life? By the way, at the very beginning, the first mention of it in the Bible, the word holy is there. Take off your shoes, for that is the place where you stand. Is holy ground, Moses. I guess it was holy ground. It's the same place that God gave as they came out of Egypt. It was the same mount on Mount Sinai. It was holy ground. It was the Pentecost ground. The first Pentecost where God gave His precious Word. Where Moses shone like a... The Bible says he came down and, and you, you get in touch with the holy God of heaven and he shone like an angel. They had to put a veil over him. They couldn't even look at Moses because he was so full of the glory of God. That holy look, a law of God. Amen. It's the holy law. Then it also is mentioned in Exodus 20, the holy Sabbath. Honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy. I thought this morning as my uh, sister-in-law called me on the phone and told me about my wife's cousin passing away, taking his own life. And I thought to myself, I said, well, I'll have, uh, I'll have my uh, Brenda I'll give you a call later today. She said, well, I have to go to work. And what she meant is she was just going to work. And... I thought afterwards, I didn't say anything to Mary. We love Mary. She's come down here, seen our church, and she came over, the, over to the house and everything, and she's a dear, she's a, a saved girl. She knows the Lord. And her husband, Gus, we, we just love them in the Lord. They've supported us at times, not lately, uh, but earlier in our ministry, they supported us a, a great deal when we were in unbelievable financial need. And they've been very good to us, very good to us. 
but that doesn't save them. I'm just saying they, they, they trusted Christ as Savior. They're in Greenville, North Carolina, years ago. But I thought to myself, what in the world is she going to work for at Walmart on Sunday? That means she can't go to church. Now, what's more important, Walmart and money or the Lord on his day? I just, I would encourage all of you and none of you to work at Walmart because of my experience this morning. Amen? They need to close that place up on Sunday. Amen. And Kmart too, and every other mart. Amen. Amen? And go to church! Amen. And even though Brother Shea says that that general over there is a character, and real different, I still need to go and look him in the eye and tell him he ought to let these guys off to go to church on Sunday. He'd have, he, he wouldn't need quite as many counselors for all these busted up families if they go to church. They could save some money for the army. Amen. Well, it says in Exodus 22:31, holy men unto me. Then there's the holy incense. And then over in the New Testament, but there's just so many places. Uh, look at Exodus 22:31 for a moment. Exodus 22:31, see what that says in totality. Exodus 22:31. I mean, God wants a holy people. He says, what? Honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy. You say, I, that's Saturday. I know what it is. And Jesus rose from the grave on the first day of the week. And he told them to take up their offerings on the first day of the week in chapter 16. And we should be worshiping on Sunday. And he met with his disciples Sunday night. That's why we have a Sunday night service and we're sitting here right now. He rose from the grave and met with his people and, and said, Go to him, um, Peter and my apostles and tell them I'm risen. And that night he met with the disciples. The next week he met with them on Sunday night. And that's why we ought to go to church on Sunday night of the resurrection every Sunday morning. Why in the world should you go every Sunday morning to church? Because we celebrate His resurrection. That's why we come to church on Sunday. I don't believe in Seventh-day Baptists. And I sure don't believe in Seventh-day Adventists who run that Metroplex Hospital over there. They need to get saved. There is so a hell. They don't believe in hell and there is a hell. The truth of the matter is, because they say there is not, that's where they're going. You say, well, you're pretty mean, aren't you? No, my Bible's true. And those people that try to get saved by keeping the law are going to hell. You're saved by trusting Jesus Christ alone, who fulfilled the law. You don't get to heaven by not drinking coffee, going to church on Saturday. They think we're the mark of the beast or something, don't they? Don't those Seventh-day Adventists? And you know they're a crafty crowd. I say they're crafty. They come in, they send their, they send their mailings out to all the people. It's all about second coming because Seventh-day Seventh -day Adventists, Adventists. They said Christ was supposed to come at a certain time and he didn't come so they moved the date. Bunch of fakes. But they'll send this mail through and they won't even tell what they are. I think that's crafty. I don't think we should do the work of the Lord deceitfully. I have Scripture. If you're a Baptist, tell them you're a Baptist. If you're a Seventh-day Adventist, if it was all right, tell the people. You have to call over there. Say, I did, I called over there years ago. I said, what? You left a phone number here. What is this? Oh, Seventh-day Adventist. I said, oh, you know hell crowd. Jesus preached there's a hell. He preached more on hell than he did heaven. I told my dear sister Susie that, my baby sister, who's 50-something now, I guess. Anyhow, I told her that Jesus preached more in hell than he did in heaven. She said, oh, surely not, Jack. Oh, surely not. She's in that lovey-dovey Methodist church where they never <laughs> preach on hell. And because they don't preach on hell, I'm going to preach it ten times more. If there's a hell, we need to warn people lest they go there, as Brother Franklin brought out in his illustration. Everyone wants to, by the way, they probably had his burned body there. And it's a sad thing he didn't trust Christ as Savior. And listen to uh, the fellow that you led to Christ. But the truth of the matter is they probably had his 
uh, a closed casket and probably some, some priest or some minister put him in heaven and he wasn't there at all. I didn't say you ought to do like the preacher up there in Asheville, one of those preachers up in Asheville. I didn't say you ought to do this unless God tells you. But he said, you know, John here, all his buddies were out there. He said, you know where John is? He said, hell, that's where he is. And you're going to go right there with him if you don't get saved. He died drunk and a whole carload of them got saved. He said, well, I don't like being that blunt. Well, I'll tell you, leave him alone. Leave these preachers alone. Let them be as blunt as God wants them to be blunt. Got this lovey-dovey feminine preaching. It's feminine preaching. I want you to know there's not a feminine feminine piece of blood or bone or skin in my body. Amen. I just feel like those bulls out there in the field. Just let me at them, Lord. And you just stay like you are, Chris. Just be... Well, you know what we need? You know why Chris has stirred some of our young men up? Is he believes that we ought to have boldness. We need bold preaching. We'll produce some young men that are not so pansy waste and so quiet. They'll get up and, and maybe their voice will go, but at least they'll let people know they believe something. We need some masculine preaching. That was such a lovely sermon. Well, I didn't want it to be lovely. They don't say that about many of, many of mine either. But we have people get saved around here. Amen. We get Christians get under our, our preaching. They feel guilty because they don't go out and do soul winning. And we ought to feel guilty. We all think we're so beautiful and perfect and everything in Christ. We're perfected. But the truth of the matter is we've got to work on our old, old nature all the time. Amen. We ought to learn to be holy. Be ye holy. For I, the Lord your God, am holy. The Holy Ghost lives within us, every believer. The meekest, the meanest, the lowest of the believers who's trusted Christ, repented of sin, and believed on Christ, the Holy Ghost lives in that believer. I want you to know the Holy Ghost. He's the great comforter. But He's the same one that shook that prison when Paul prayed. Amen? I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost. He's the same. The Spirit came on Samson. Amen? He took that jawbone of an ass and worked on a thousand men. Killed a thousand men. Praise God. And that same Holy Spirit that gave him power to pick up the gates of the city, the bars and all, and run, run up ten miles or whatever it was. He ran seven to ten miles with the whole gate of the whole city. Is the same Holy Spirit that will come and comfort your heart. You realize that God is so much greater than us that he can hate and love all at the same time? See, the average person, our average thinking, we can't even, we can't even understand that. See, while he's comforting you, there are others that are dying in their sins and he's consigning them to hellfire right now. I said, right now, there are people dying and going from their physical being. And you say, well, don't they bring, yes, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, but I believe as soon as you die and in hell, he lift up his eyes being in torments. It's the same God that comforts us. But he damns and dooms those that will not trust his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. See, God's immutable. That's not feminine. When we're to pray, we're to pray, Our Father, which heart in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We, these people all cursing in your presence and take the name of the Lord Jesus in vain and you don't even speak up shame on you. Some of you let, let people curse your Savior and curse right in front of your wife even and in front of your children. They ought to be in a nice way, told, or some way, told. Amen? Just shut your mouth. You're talking about my Savior who kissed my sins away. It's like a mother comes and kisses the little baby when he hurts his arm or his knee or something. She kisses that little part of the body. My Jesus kissed my sins away. By the way, the Bible says, greet one another with a holy kiss. We've got too many unholy kisses around. But I'll tell you what, there is such a thing as a holy kiss. In the Orient, that's the way they greeted people, you see. They would just a kiss on the cheek, you see. We don't have much holiness of holy anything. Look at 
Rome, uh, Ephesians 1, 4, please. Lest you think that all these things were holy things in the, in the Old Testament. Oh, no, we've got a New Testament too. I remember when I was just a young Christian, Brother Franklin, you know what, I almost was afraid of this world's word spiritual. I don't know why I was. You know, spiritual brethren? Well, my Bible says, holy brethren! We're to be spiritual. Ye which are spiritual, restore such in one in the spirit of meekness, lest thou also be tempted. What about Ephesians 1, verse 4? Among... Uh, according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy. We were chosen in Him that we should be holy and, uh, and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us. Don't get all worried about that word predestination. God knew all the things from the beginning to the end. Look over at Romans 12.1. Romans 12.1. The truth of the matter is you can't explain salvation. It's a miracle. You can't explain God. He is a miracle. You can't explain Christ. He's the miracle worker, and He's a miracle Himself. His birth was a miracle. His life was a miracle. His ascension was a miracle. His death was a miracle. His resurrection was a miracle. His second coming is a miracle. His presence in our body through the Holy Spirit, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. The miracle one lives within you. No wonder everything about us is miraculous in the spiritual realm. Amen? That's why we ought to be holy. By the way, God never says you, be ye holy for I am holy, if you can't be holy like He is holy. God never commands you to do something you cannot do. So, well, preacher, everything around me is so filthy, I know. And you can walk in the midst of a wicked generation like Noah did. But Noah walked with God. And then it says Enoch walked with God right before the flood. Enoch. Walking with God. He's just a walking with God. And God says, come up and spend the day. And he said he went up a little higher. And it's only day in heaven all the time. So he's been spending that eternal day forever. There is no night there. Amen. It says, Enoch walked with God. Noah walked with God. Ephesians. No, Romans 12, verse 1. What does it say? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice not W-H-O-L-L-Y, H-O-L-Y. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world. It's a shame, dear young man, that you had to get up and commend our music because in your commending our music, you're told how much junk music there is out there in the churches. Isn't that a shame? I'm glad you could commend us because we want to we get stronger and straighter. If people don't like it, they just keep on trucking and go down to the easy church. But we're going to have some music that glorifies God. Whether they like it or not. Amen? This church is not here to please people. It's here to please God. We ought to be holy. We ought to have holy music. And our churches are being filled with unholy music. Where the little kids that are trained at our church and our missionaries go out, try to raise support. And the little kids are saying, Daddy, that's bad music. The little boys and girls, Daddy, that's bad music. I know, I know. What you ought to do is send the kid up to the, to the guy in the front and say, this is bad music. Yeah. You're going to meet God with your unholy music. Bye. Let the kid run down. I tell you they're going to meet God with their unholy music. It's a shame a, a couple of people who want to live holy for God and can't go to a, the regular independent Baptist church. And almost every one of them have holy and acceptable music before God. It's a shame. Churches are filled. They will, Brother Scott Holman went to a big church. I mean a large church right down in uh, Georgetown. He said the music was terrible. What a shame. Did you go with him, Steve? What did you think of that music, Steve? Garbage. Can you say garbage music in a church? And you know, Mrs. Berlin, our first uh, member of our church, and Mrs. Berlin, she was in a church over there in, uh, around Lawton, Oklahoma, and she said, boy, the preaching's good, and uh, the teenagers, they need a little bit of help. And she said, the music stinks! She's from Pennsylvania, you know, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. You know, just, she just opens her mouth and it just comes out. It's a shame anybody has to say that music in a church is garbage or stinks. 
If it stinks to Steve and Mrs. Berlin, how does it stink before a holy God? Tell me God's more holy, not more holy than Steve or Mrs. Berlin. We're not a bunch of idiots. God is holy, friends. It says, be not conformed to this world. Tell you, if anybody comes up to a pastor or anyone else and says that music is questionable, we are responsible to search our hearts before God. We are not to be like the proud and say, well, I don't care what he thinks. Our other people like it. No, we're not to offend anybody unnecessarily. And you can't please everybody. I know that. But I'm talking about if they want something more holy, it must be a need for something more holy. Ephesians 5, 3, 5. Ephesians 3, 5. I'm telling you, I, that's awful, isn't it? I, I thought about starting. I was praying last night, early this morning. You know what I was thinking about? We ought to start a new group. All the independent Baptist churches, young men, they're going. They're going plumb. They're almost gone. Right? Their music's about gone. When your music, That's the first thing that slides is your music. That's the first thing that goes. Mrs. Magnuson said that. It's true. And so they're on their way, aren't they? So what, what do you do? You start the separated. I thought we ought to have the word holy in it, though. The holy, separated. But we got to have, secondly, no, holy, evangelistic. Evangelistic. We can't forget that. What we need is fervent evangelism. You can't use the word evangelical because that went haywire after they used it in a good term. But then it went haywire. So we said evangelistic still all right. We'll just be the holy, evangelistic, Nonconformist, that's what it says in that verse there. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I know that music can't be good and acceptable and perfect uh, will of God music because it, it defends bro- brothers and you're straight, Steve, but you're not that straight. Bless you, brother. Amen. We'll be all straight now just perfectly when we get to heaven. Amen. But I think we ought to get as holy as we can get. We don't be, need to be singing questionable music, preaching questionable mu- uh, sermons, having questionable testimonies, questionable dress. We have churches in town, and they send their young girls out going soul winning door to door in their short shorts. Well, I think it's terrible for them to have their signs out there for a car wash in their scanty dress, and I think it's terrible and even worse to go up to the door not dressed properly as you're representing a Baptist church. I'm talking about Baptist now. Not independent, thank the Lord. I don't think they're quite that bad yet. By the way, you say, well, you talk about the Southern Baptists. You know what I heard a man say, and it was over 15 or 16 years ago, he said, I believe the Southern Baptists, 25 years ago, the independent Baptists are right where the Southern Baptists were 25 years ago. And we've had 15 or 16 years to go further now. What do you do? You change your name. Amen? You're still independent. You're still separated. You're nonconformist. You're still evangelistic. But you better get the... I think the first word we better have there is holy. Holy Baptist churches. Wouldn't that be a good idea? Amen? Three five. Did you already find it? And I'm not even there. I get there and I. We've got to close out here. Some of you saying, "Amen." Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto us by His holy apostles, and it has reference to and His holy prophets by the Spirit capitalized the Holy Spirit. Holy apostles, holy prophets. I think it's a glorious thing if someone would say that's a holy brother. That's a holy man of God. First Thessalonians four eight. First Thessalonians four eight. I tell you, we ought to be holy. He therefore that despiseth despiseth not man, but God who hath also given unto us His Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5, 26 and 27. 
26 and 27. It says, Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. The, Paul says under inspiration, 1 Thessalonians, this epistle, the first letter to the Thessalonians should be read, what does it say? Unto all the holy brethren. Well, if they said read it to all the holy brethren, that they, they must have known, known who were the holy brethren and that they ought to read it to the holy brethren. First Timothy 3.15. Look at First Timothy 3.15. Just a couple more. 3.15. But if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. Well, I don't see that in that one. That's Thessalonians. Second Timothy instead of First Timothy. Thank you. Yes. And that thou hast known of, and that from the, a child thou hast known the what holy scriptures, which is able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Holy scriptures. That's talking about the King James version of the Bible. Amen. Amen. You say, oh, you are, you are simple-minded, aren't you? Yes. Leave me alone too. I don't want to get as educated as those people that they don't believe the. The, the Bible I have is the is the inspired Word of God. Because it's not in Greek and Hebrew. If that be the case, friends, there's inspiration lies only in the Greek and Hebrew language. And if you don't know it, then you're, you're not reading an inspired word. That's a bunch of garbage. I said that's a bunch of garbage. Just like they're garbage music. That's foolishness. No, no. God's Word. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And this is Scripture I'm reading tonight. Say, what language it's in? Whatever language it's translated into. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Accurately translated. Amen. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect or complete or full grown, thoroughly furnished or thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And then it tells us in 1 Timothy 1.9, I believe it is, us and called us with an holy calling. Our calling is a holy calling. See, the preaching of the gospel, you know, everybody wants everything on the same plane. They want to treat preachers just like everyone else. I don't see that in the Bible. They said the holy apostles and the holy prophets. If that means that, there can be unholy. There were false apostles and false prophets. Then there probably were weak prophets and weak apostles apostle has reference to sent ones like an ambassador lifting up holy hands in first timothy 2 8 lifting up holy hands why are they holy hands because they are dedicated hands unto the holy god of heaven and then in hebrews 3 1 it says wherefore holy brethren Wherefore, holy brethren. Then in 1 Peter 1.15 and 16. Let's look at that for a moment. 1 Peter 1. 15 and 16, if, that, if I have the right ones here. Because it is written, Peter speaking under inspiration. 1 Peter 1.15 and 16. But as he that is called, uh, which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. That means speech and manner of life. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. And that's New Testament. Quoting from the old. Putting its stamp of approval on the old by Peter. An apostle, in fact, the very spokesman of the twelve. The leader of the twelve. So why don't we have a greater emphasis on holiness? By the way, these new Bibles, they don't even have Holy Bible on it. 
The one I was brought up in the old dead Methodist church, it, it said the Bible. Well, there's Bibles for birds and Bibles probably for guns. This is the Holy Bible! Bible means a collection of books. But this is the Holy Scriptures, the Holy Bible. In 1 Peter 2, 5, it says holy priesthood. By the way, aren't we all priests now? Every believer is a priest. That's peculiar to the Bible. In New Testament Christianity. Amen. Amen. Every boy, girl, man, woman, boy or girl who's repented and trusted Christ as Savior is a priest. A believer priest. If you have the Holy Spirit, ghost living in you, and you're a priest, you ought to act like a priest. Amen. Too much unholiness around. Unholy talk. I get upset with it. Look at 3.5 of 1 Peter 3.5. That talks about women if I have the right one. 3.5. After the same manner, after this manner in the old time, the holy women also, holy women also, who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection under their own husbands. No, they wouldn't have been holy if they weren't in subjection under their own husbands. Even as Sarah obeyed, Abraham, calling him Lord. We need some holy women. Holy women will be what? They'll be prayer, women of prayer. They'll obey their own husband. and find it a lot easier to obey their own husband than someone else's husband. It's another thing that's so bad. By the way, we preach against women working, secular work here. Go back and tell them that at Pensacola and Bob Jones and every other school. Amen? I don't believe my wife ought to work secular work. I think she ought to be there for my 14-year-old daughter. And I sure need her for me. Amen. And they're out here in the secular workforce. And the Bible says in, in Timothy or Titus, keepers at home, that the Word of God be not blasphemed. Amen! I believed that years ago, and I still believe it today. Can't even go to church. My own sister-in-law can't even go to church save why she's working on Sunday. Who knows, but she maybe didn't even know that when she got her job at Walmart. Amen? Well, I preached on it. I know her. I don't think women ought to be out there at all. You guys get out and get two or three jobs. Keep your wife home. See, that goes over real big around here. I know. But go over there and talk to Reese over there. Go over and talk to him. These other people have lost their wives. Almost all of them lose them out in the workforce. They put them in police cars together, men and women. They put them in toll booths together. They put them in uh, fire stations probably together. They put them everywhere together. No wonder they leave their husbands. The Bible says the wife is the weaker vessel. She's easily led astray. She, the Bible says that Eve was, what Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. It's putting too much on these precious women. Put them out in the workforce. Work all day obeying some other man. They have enough trouble obeying you, sir. Amen? They're not going to obey another man all day long and come home and you tell them what to do, and they'll rebel every time. They put too much on a wife. I preached that, Brother Franklin, years ago. I'm, I'm going to keep preaching it till I die. If I went senile, I think I'd still preach it the same way. Believed it so long. Amen? One fellow said the women went to war, uh, went uh, to work during the Second World War, and they haven't come back home since. And look at the divorce rate. Look at the divorce rate. Don't tell me about it. Just go ask my mother, or ask me later about my sisters when they went out in the workforce. All the the problems. You protect them all the way up. You ought to protect them all the way and give them to some young man and let him work for them the rest of their days and just keep them at home, keep them doing the things around the house. You say, oh, yeah, well, my grandfather. Oh, yes, your grandmother, she was working on the farm right beside your husband, beside her husband, and she could go home and do that. Amen? She helped out in the field. But they were homebodies then. Very dangerous, these women. And by the way, they don't think a thing of asking a woman to work not just eight hours. They'll ask him to work 10 and 12 hours. We know one woman, she's over at Darnell Hospital, and she left her young boy at home. She was in our church many years ago, drove a big Lincoln. She banged it into the tree over here. 
backing up from the telephone pole. Someone should have banged her on the head, leaving a nine-year-old boy home all, all night long. Kids scared to death. Her going over there and delivering babies. She probably delivered one of your one of baby, Linda's babies over there. She's been over there so long. Say, well, preacher, you're talking about her. I'll talk about her if I want to talk about her. That's a shame to leave that young boy all by himself in a dark house all night long. That's not even that's not even common sense. Amen. I don't even want to be left in a house all by myself. I even feel strange, don't you? What do you think about a nine-year-old boy? These people are crazy. All over money, money, money. I'm telling you, these young nine-year-old boy, he needs his mother. He doesn't need a new bicycle. He needs a mother more than a new bicycle. People are nuts. By the way, if they'd all act normal and nurse their babies, none of them could work out there. And many of these mothers, they need to nurse their babies because they need to feel wanted and that nobody else can meet their needs. Amen! We're so against nature, it makes me sick. Oh, you're not going to have another one. No, not another one. Oh, but then the, oh, the, 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 the dog has all these puppies. Oh, look at that. Eight or nine puppies. Bunch of idiots! Not another baby! You were a baby once, you fool! Wake up! People are stupid! Rejoice over horses and cows and calves and dogs and cats. They can't rejoice over babies. We become unnatural. Like China, where they say you can't have anything but a boy baby. You kill all the girls. That sounds like Egypt and Pharaoh and Herod. Herod there before Jesus went down there, and then Pharaoh in Moses' day. The devil wants to destroy all babies. He sure doesn't want Christians having a bunch of babies. They may end up missionary somewhere. And as I told my brother, I mean my son and, my, and his wife, I said the reason our mission fields are not going to be populated with missionaries is because the missionaries aren't having kids anymore. And if you don't have five, six, seven, eight kids, how in the world are any of them going to get called to the mission field? Sometimes they'll end up with six girls and you can't get a missionary of that to save your life. You can get a girl that can help someone else, amen. But man alive, you've got to have some boys. To get a preacher, you've got to have a boy. And to carry your name on, you have to have a boy. Amen. I told my boy David. His wife wants a bunch of kids. I said, I'll even give you a little extra money to help you. I didn't know that fertility pills cost all that much. I said, just fill her full of fertility pills. I want a boy baby to carry my name on. He said, well, that's pretty stupid. It is not stupid either. I said, it's not stupid because if my Samuel dies, if my Samuel dies that my boy Stephen has, and his pastor doesn't want Stephen to have any more babies either. I think I'm going to talk to that pastor. Just because he never had any kids at all and God didn't give him any. He better stay out of my boy's life about having uh, someone to carry my name on. Amen. Amen. You say, well, you get too plain about everything. Well, the world's pretty plain. Amen. My, my boy David, he was here. He's got one girl. That will not carry my name on. My name will die. I said my name will die. If little Samuel doesn't live on, and then my brother's boy. He had four girls, or three girls and a boy. Three or four girls and a boy, I don't know, three. But he finally had a boy. And he went to Word of Life, it's new evangelical to the hilt, but at least the boy acts like he's saved, and he acts like a nice boy. But if he gets married and has all girls, my name's going to die! By, way, by the way, in the Bible days, it was pretty important to have a boy baby. John the Baptist came on the scene. It was pretty important when, when Isaac was born, when John the Baptist was born, when Jesus was born, when Jeremiah was born. Amen. Without him being born, there'd be no prophet like Jeremiah. Without God touching Elizabeth at that old age, that was a miracle, friends. That boy baby, the Bible said he was filled with, his mother, filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. Explain that. You can explain that as well as you can explain... God. You can't explain him. You can't explain that one either. 
Why worry about it? Just thank God. He was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. And his mother was talking about him. His father was talking about him. I'll tell you, the greatest attribute of God is his holiness. Did you know the Bible says that he's... I was reading it today in my Bible. That Zacharias was a priest. The father of John the Baptist was a priest. Offering incense, right? He had to be a priest. Of the, and it says that Elizabeth, his wife, was of the tribe of Aaron. So she was a Levite. The Levitical tribe. And it said they walked in all the ways and commandments of God blameless. And he still didn't believe God was going to give him a boy baby. And God said, I'll just not let you talk for nine months and I'll show you I'll give you a boy baby. And when he wrote, it, his name is John, his mouth was opened up immediately. Amen. He started talking about the Christ and the forerunner, his son, of the Christ of Calvary. Amen. Amen. The greatest attribute of God is his holiness. And though they were walking in the commandments, all the commandments and the, of the law, blameless Zechariah and his wife, still he lacked faith, didn't he? God said, I'll just not let you talk. How would you like to not talk at all for nine months? And wondering if you're ever going to talk again. I don't think it would be too good to not be able to talk for nine days. But nine months? Man, you're such a good crowd and these others took so much time. I know what it is. Three eleven. Did we read three eleven? Second Peter three eleven. Go over there with me just a moment, and we'll be through, Lord willing. Second Peter three eleven. Say, so you say, I didn't know you believed all that at that church. No, we believe more than that. If you hang around, you'll find out something else too. Amen. We're going to we're going to be as holy as God will let us be around here. Amen. We need to try to be as holy as we can because we touch other people. Seeing then that all these men are. Uh, these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? We need to be in holy conversation. And then Jude 20 says yourselves in the most holy faith in verse 20, praying in the Holy Ghost. What do you think of that? If it says you can pray in the Holy Ghost, you can sure pray not in the Holy Ghost. I wonder if our prayers are in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, I believe our lives ought to be holy because the Holy God of Heaven lives within us. And the Holy God of Heaven saved us by His grace. And He saved us unto holiness. A holy walk. Take time to be holy. Speak off with thy Lord. Abide in Him always and feed on His Word. Make friends of God's children. Help those who are weak, forgetting in nothing His blessing to seek. Take time to be holy. Do you still have family devotions? If not, start up again. You have your personal devotions? You have your place of prayer? Place of devotions? Young man, you going in the ministry? You think about going to the ministry? You ought to learn to pray an hour a day. You ought to learn to be alone with God. Not in the Bible study. I'm talking about just prayer. Just ask God to help you. Maybe you spend 10 or 15 minutes now. Ask God, you ought to spend an hour in prayer if you're going to be in the ministry. You too, brother. Amen. You too. You know why? Because that's the greatest need of our life. It's the greatest need of this preacher. And prayer is work, but it's what we need. We need to learn to pray. Pray. We'll have some power if we learn to pray. Amen? The Word will clean you up. Your power will come through prayer. The early church was a praying people. A praying church. Where they brought the house down. Hallelujah. The prison down. Everything else. God's glory came down. Amen. Aren't you glad God saved you? Isn't that wonderful? We had a nice Christian, Christian mom and dad. You're so blessed, son. So blessed. So few of our people. You know, in all the time we've been here, there's not but two families, I think, that both sides of their family were saved and living for God. I think only two in the whole time with all this turnover of people where both sides of the family we're saved and really living for the Lord and in church. And one of them was one of them was down there at school there. Hill, Brother Keith Hill, Sharon Hill. 
I don't know, there was one other one. Not only one other one. Isn't that sad? So you better just, by the grace of God, say it's not going to be that way with my children. We're going to make sure that they have a good godly mother and father. They marry. By the way, it's very important. You better be careful who you let your children marry. Lest they marry into a home where they get no support for the things of God on the other side. Now, God's grace is sufficient. I know God. That may not be the choice, but I'll tell you what. You have to live not only with your daughter-in-law, but you have to live with your in-laws too. And wouldn't it be great if they were on fire for God, living for the Lord, loved the Bible, mission-minded, sold out to the Lord. By the way, my, my son Stephen, in a very real way, has that situation. And Julie has that situation in a great way. Thank God. And then Brother Grab. Thank God. His father, his father come here, and his father, when he first comes, he just weep. He's so tenderhearted. Had family devotions all those years, and his mother's a Catholic. She sat in on the devotions. Thank the Lord. She went to some priest or something. She said, should I leave my husband? And thank the Lord. He told her the right thing. Amen. I think that was the case or something. But she stayed with his dad. And she'll just pray she'll get saved. Amen. But I'll tell you, his dad will come here and just, just weep. Thank God. Praying man loves the Lord. Thankfully got saved. We ought to praise him for his goodness. Let's bow for prayer. Is your life a holy life? What is your life? Is it a holy life? Our Father, bless us, we pray. Help us. What if there's one here and you say, I've never been saved, or I am not sure, preacher, if I died right now, I'd go to heaven. I need to be sure about that. Maybe you didn't understand or agree with everything you, were, you preached tonight, but I do know that I need to be saved and know it. Pray for me. Is there one? Thank God for these little ones. Any others? Middle age, older person? I'm not sure I'm saved and I need to get it settled. Pray for me. Then is there one here and you say, I'm saved, but I need prayer as a Christian. Pray for me. I'm saved, but I need prayer. Many, many hands raised everywhere, all over the auditorium, that I be a more holy like I ought to be. Father, help us, we pray, in these days, to just honor Thee and just be tender to Thy Spirit's leading. Dear Lord, I'm sure I'm not all I ought to be. I pray that, that dear Lord, Thou'll just draw me up closer. Help us to become more holy, more pure, more loving to lost people and poor people, down and outers and nobodies. Be there for those that need help, we pray in Jesus' name. And save these, dear Lord, that raise their hand about salvation. In Christ's name, amen.